Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Here we go again, it's our film explosion. The movie countdown of real devotion. It could get long, so bring your ibuprofen. I'm telling you all, it's a film explosion. What's got the best acting? What's got the best direction? The cream of the crop, here's our selection. From comedy to drama, even black exploitation. I'm telling you all, it's a film explosion. I'm telling you all, it's a film explosion! Film explosion! The year is 2003. The real nerds have not been formed yet. But we still went and saw movies. And that's why here on Real Nerds, we go back in time. We've gone back 20 years to the year 2003 for Film Explosion 2003. <laughs> I am joined by fellow nerds Brad. Hey, what's up? <laughs> that, that's your cue to talk. <laughs> We've only been doing this for 11 hours. <laughs> I was distracted by the sound effects board. <laughs> uh, and Zach. I'm old now. 20 fucking years? Gross. I know. Like, it, it, I remember seeing all these movies in theaters. And This is a year where we go uh, after uh, working at GameStop. We go late to Harvard and watch most of these. Yes, we would. And, uh, um, yeah. And, th- you know, this is really when... We were venturing out, Brad. We were done with high school. We had no rules. We were finally fully men. Yeah. We're just <laughs> big, strong, why is there sweaty a, men. Why is there a fucking good Charlotte song playing in the background right now as you two travel around Arvada? If you only if you only knew what we were up to. Some nights we'd go to Denny's at like midnight. Yeah. And we'd just talk about movies. Yeah. We were so cool. So flash forward 20 years, and here we are at night talking about movies. Let me go get an antacid pill. <laughs> um, you, you brought my insurer, right, Ryan? Yeah. Chocolate uh, or vanilla? Uh, vanilla. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a plain white boy. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, if you've never listened to one of our film Explosion episodes. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. We have, I mean, we're the best movie podcast on the internet is what I heard. In the world, I've heard. Of all time. Of all time. Regardless of where it's at. Yeah, suck it, Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> They didn't have a podcast. They're dead before then. Um, they had a broadcast, well, which was well. An Siskel old was dead. Ebert couldn't talk. And oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Ouch! We basically stole his sign off at this point too. Now they're both gone. Like, Did they say see you at the movies? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I don't remember. Yeah. Which, by the way, after all these years, I finally thought of a good like exit. Yeah. Phrase. Get real. Oh, nice. Eleven years. Too Eleven late. years <laughs> too late. Yeah. Why don't we use that? It's, it's right there. <laughs> it's literally right in front of us. Uh, so if you've never listened to a Film Explosion episode, we have many of them, but to set up the audience, because this could be their first podcast, 
and they stumbled across us. We have each picked our 10 favorite films of the year. I always preface this as saying they're not usually critical darlings, but they are our favorite films of the year. And some people might be surprised what pops up on the list. Some people might not be. Um, so we will introduce each film. We will play the trailer and then we'll talk about the film. However, we won't play the trailer twice if some nerd picked the film earlier and swept us. I know who you're alluding to, and I will not respond to that little taunt. Yeah, I don't know. Nice guys guy. Yes, yes. Number seven yep. is a very fine number for the nice guys. For Elway. <laughs> Yeah, what's he doing with it lately? <laughs> so this, uh, uh, the rundown has been maximized by Brad. And Brad, you're going first? I, I It worked out that I'm first in this one. Nice. Wait, who's on first? Or Brad's on second? I don't know who's on third. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, start this countdown for us. All right. My number 10 is uh, a, college, a college experience very much unlike my own. Excuse me. True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego. Today, Mitch's life took an unexpected turn. Heidi? What are you doing home? And a couple of nude people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a damn magic show. Ah! I'm really sorry. Now, Mitch, you're on the rebound. You're like an injured young fawn who's been nursed back to health, who's finally going to be re-released into the wilderness. He's getting a little help from his friends. I want to thank you very much for coming to the official Mitch Martin Freedom Festival. He's a very successful, very disease-free gentleman standing by the minibar. From DreamWorks Pictures. We are officially starting a fraternity. This is my house. I heard you guys are starting up a fraternity. Who told you that? And the director of Road Trip. We're giving out bids to 14 guys. Wait, who's this guy? He looks like he's 100 years old. Just ring the bell, you pansy. Good morning. Now that was a party. I want in. Half these guys don't even go to the school. I promised my wife I wouldn't drink tonight. Yeah, I'll do one. I'll do one. I'll do one. We're going streaking. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. We don't take it too seriously. You may be asking yourself, why is this cinder block tied securely to your earmuffs? Don't you think this is going a little far? Pace yourself. Sorry. Woo! Luke Wilson. I get the feeling you have a entirely distorted view of who I am. Will Ferrell. What's going on? If you Red tell line. anyone about this, I'll Red kill you. Line. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll come back by tonight. Okay, sweetie. Okay. Let's go. And Vince Vaughn. That's my wife. Always smiling. Hi, honey. Judging, watching. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Be careful. That's the most powerful trank gun on the market. Yes! Ow! That's awesome! Old school. <laughs> so yeah, my number ten is old school. Um, I didn't have a ton of movies I like from this year, uh, so you know it's funny. Sorry to interrupt you, but I felt the same way. Like, there's some movies that I really, really like, and then the rest of them I go, okay, I like this movie. Yeah, like this is a movie I just, I just enjoy. Uh, yeah. It's it's a silly comedy, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, and it's it's weird. Uh, there's actually a 
I don't know, like a lot of things that I've forgotten are like in common vernacular now that are from this movie. Yeah. Um, like you hear people like shouting like, you're my boy blue. Oh yeah. And you're That's like, Oh yeah. It's from this. Yeah. yeah. Cause this is part of that whole, you know, like Apatow run, but it's not an Apatow yeah. movie. Um, it's, it's adjacent, isn't it? Yeah. It's adjacent. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun comedy about this, uh, group of friends who have long since departed college. And once Luke Wilson's life falls apart, he moves back into a house that is on college campus and his buddies convince him to start a fraternity and, classic college gags ensue <laughs> yes <laughs> wasn't, wasn't this the film that not like broke will ferrell out in film but like wasn't one of the like stepping stones before an anchorman thing? uh yeah because anchorman was 2004 right? yeah. yeah so this is just the year before so this oh, is yeah, like i mean his... i mean we're going streaking is definitely when was elf though uh 2003 the same year oh. so, yeah i think that was his breakout one yeah uh, the... well, definitely like he started ascending mm-hmm. to the upper echelon of Comedy no, no, story. it was neither neither Roxbury in '98. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, fair enough. Me, you, me, you. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, cool. number ten. All right. Um, well, unlike you, old fucks, um, I uh, I was in a, a period where some of the films on my a lot of the films on my list I didn't get to see till later, but a lot of films that I did see in the theater this year didn't make the top ten. But I this was a transition period from childishness into full grown adulthood. Um, and I'll kick it off with number 10 with a film that I wouldn't have had the chance to see until many years later, but it did come out in 2003, and here it is. A perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. We are expecting! <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please! You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. She's such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess. And you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Shut up. Hey! Stop it up with this world. The Room, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. Yeah, so um, Rocky Horror Picture Show had worn the mantle of campy show to go to at midnight for years, and it was about time that somebody from a country that is undetermined stepped in and gave us The Room. Uh, I didn't get to see this until 2009, uh, and I have seen this film in a theater no less than 14 times. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, going to midnight each time. I went a lot with people in film school, like friends of ours, like Bueno and O'Connor. Um, I just, 
I adore the film in terms of like just being what it is, being a fun experience in the movie theater where people are allowed to engage with the material and it's it's a fun time to just listen to other people come up with jokes in addition to the normal routines um i remember i went with a friend of mine named peach and she uh she was uh (laughs) and she was uh sitting in the uh theater with me and bueno and o'connor i think and at one point the whole uh drug scene with Denny happens and Lisa shaking him going, what kind of money Denny? And he just, sh- or she just shouted out doubloons. <laughs> and then the other, and when it happened again, he yelled out Deutschmarks. So like that, that whole like experience is just a blast uh, to have. Like I'm, I'm actually very sad that you've never seen it with an audience, Ryan, because I know it sucks for people to talk during the movie, but you want this, you, you, you want it. You will, cling to it the moment you start experiencing it happen. Well, when the trailer was going, I, I talked over the trailer, and I said, I, my only point of reference for this is the disaster artist, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm seeing scenes in the trailer. I go, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, but the disaster artist has, yeah. has uh, imposed something on it. But, yeah, it's it's a film that, like, I, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I was able to discover it in that earlier period of its existence and uh, get to experience it as many times as I have. In fact... I think the last time that I went to see it in a theater was with Brad, with Greg Sestero there, and it was just before The Disaster Artist was being at least shopped around, if not released. So um, there's a lot of fun memories behind this film. So, yeah, if anybody's never seen it, plunge in. Don't ask questions. Just have fun. Uh, my number 10 is a action horror franchise that I it's like my guilty pleasure franchise, and it's fun to watch. The war itself had become more perilous. The weapons had evolved. But our orders remained the same. Hunt them down and kill them off, one by one. They are the immortal damned. One family lusting for power and wealth. The chain has never been broken. Not in 14 centuries. Another driven by revenge. Soon we'll defeat the vampires on their own ground. You see this human? He's attractive. I can't be positive, but I'm beginning to think the Lycans are following him. Hold on, Michael. Why are they after you? in the middle of a war that's been raging for the better part of a thousand years. A blood feud between vampires and lichens. Werewolves. Now, a decision must be made. Why did you bring him here? He saved my life. Between an oath sworn centuries ago. A human. He's not a human at all. He's a lichen. And a power. There can be no such union. Greater than vengeance. You'll be lucky if I can convince the Kaisal to spare your life. Absolution will be yours. The moment you kill Michael.
my number 10 is Underworld. Uh, it's a movie about vampires and werewolves fighting each other. It has a very bluish uh, <laughs> tint to it. Um, Kate Beckinsale is really cool in it. She plays Celine. And she, I mean, I think this franchise has been around. When's the last one come out? 2018? So, oh, if not, maybe at least two years prior to that, maybe. Like, yeah. I know um, we did. I know we reviewed one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Scott Speedman is really boring in it. Um, and they say Michael a lot, but it's just a fun movie. Um, yeah, it's about werewolves and vampires that fight. What's cool is you think that the werewolves are the bad guys, but they're not. You, you find out that the vampires are the real problem. And Bill Nye, he's really great in it. And you got Martin Sheen in there, too. Yep. Or Michael Sheen, sorry, not Martin Sheen. Although I would pay to watch yeah. Martin Sheen in a vampire movie. I'm a vampire. <laughs> I sound like Nicolas Cage. How, how, I can't do my I'm a vampire. Game. My son is also a werewolf. He's studying at Harvard. <laughs> no, that was too Bostonian. Well, I was yeah. going off of his performance in The Departed, so... <laughs> Um, yeah. Underworld. Brad, number nine. My number nine is about a hero without fear. Are you here to confirm that Daredevil is responsible for this, Detective? There is no proof that Daredevil even exists. He can hear it before it makes a sound. He can sense it before it happens. He can vanish before you realize he's there. And he's the last person you'd ever expect. Police suspected the vigilante Daredevil was the one to bring the criminals to justice. I don't know why you read that trash. You want the truth? Tell me. She's hideous. Excuse me. I just wanted to get your name. Does every guy have to go through all this to find out your name? Try asking for my number. I've been following that piece you wrote about the kingpin. How do you kill a man without fear? Let the bodies hit them. Give me bullseye. The devil's mine. Justice is found here before justice finds you. How can you be a skeptic? If there's no eyewitness, I mean, you know, Bigfoot has eyewitnesses. Please. So, yeah, my number nine is Daredevil. You know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but every time I see the trailer, I think of an evening with Kevin Smith where he <laughs> says, but wait a minute, you wrote Jersey Go for me. But yeah, but you're going to wear the red costume with the horns. So fuck you. <laughs> 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 um, he's talking about how he told Ben Affleck to take Daredevil and then that he was going to shoot Jersey Girl and move on with Ben Affleck, even though he wasn't done with the script. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great I, I love the evenings with Kevin Smith. And yeah. And he's uh, in the movie. He is. Yeah. And uh, I always remember that when he's like, you devil the horn, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really remember it. Yeah. I, I I forgot to say, I also haven't watched, I think, any of these two films in a long time on this <laughs> list. Uh, so my memory is very spotty. Uh, but yeah, uh, what, what I do remember is that the director's cut of this is better than the actual oh, yeah. version. And has Coolio in it. Fills in a lot of gaps. Uh 
fleshes out things, makes it a little more but, serious. You know, I never thought it was as bad as people said it was. Oh, no, no. This movie's a lot of fun. My dad took me to the theater for this one. I, I've, I adore this film. It's so much fun. Like, it's, it's not a perfect superhero movie. But nobody's doing it, a wrong thing in it, per se. Yeah. <laughs> I have no comics, like, reference for Daredevil. So this is, like, how I learned about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing was precious to me about, like, Bullseye's character design or anything. Or, um, I think Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin is, like, a great casting choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, there's goofy stuff, like I said, in the trailer. Like, you know, he puts his logo on the ground. <laughs> Uh, for the people like, eventually just some, somebody come by and just randomly throw fire on to ignite it uh, like, a cigarette in the event that that happens <laughs> um, yeah there's silly stuff like that but uh, yeah I think it's a fun movie yeah yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're right the director's cut is really good actually it's really good I will say though if you're looking for a, a soundtrack that exemplifies its era it is the Daredevil soundtrack because of the amount of new metal mixed with one Rob Zombie track shoved into that album is unconscionable <laughs> and i i do believe that if people hadn't already heard bring me to life uh, oh, uh before they heard about it through this film because of the electra nachos training montage where she's like i'm gonna get back at everybody wake me up inside wake me up Whenever I hear her name, I just think of electric nachos. <laughs> and I get hungry. And I really want those. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, John Favreau. Happy Hogan, in yeah. early Marvel. So he's there and he's saying, say, I could start a universe. You watch. Five years from now. But we'll first, see. swingers. <laughs> like they should, I should be directing well, no, this. No, but first, Elf. <laughs> yes. He did that this year. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good on Favreau. Yeah. So yeah, Daredevil, my number nine. Zach? All right. My number nine um, uh, is a film that I did see in a theater with my family. We saw it because my sister was into horses, and I ended up just appreciating it over time. And here it is. Shoot him anyway, I'll save you the bullet. Rev Pollard, Mr. and Mrs. Howard. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Of course it's nuts. Well, at least he wasn't expensive. Every horse is good for something. You don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little. Just needs to learn how to be a horse again. How far do you want me to take him? Charlie stops. Let's see what you got, boy. What? Fast? Your horse just broke the track record of Tamfran. 
I just think this horse has a lot of heart. I'll lay even money that this nag seed biscuit couldn't even finish six furlongs. I told you, look out for Rosemont. It's not my fault. Thought he was flying up your tail. Yeah, well, I can't. What? See out there. He lied to us. What do you mean? He's blind in one eye. You don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little bit. Look at us. Our horse is too small. Our jockey's too big. Everybody loses a couple. And you either pack up and you go home or you keep fighting. He's kind of small, isn't he? Gonna look a lot smaller in a second, Georgie. So yeah, my number nine is Sea Biscuit. Um, uh, so um, this is a movie about a horse. So if anybody has any horse cock jokes, now would be the time because I'm giving you quite an opening for it. I didn't no. see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to see. Um, yeah, my my sister was getting into um, uh, horse riding at this time, and so we were um, we I I was I don't know if I was so much dragged to this as more as just like we're going as a family, and I walked out loving it, and I. You know, the Depression era stuff like uh, appealed to me and William H. Macy's a little like racetrack announcer and he's got little radio bells and whistles. So that appealed to me. But uh, the older I've gotten, I've just kept enjoying this film. It it's not perfect. It does half and half itself as a straight drama and a Ken Burns documentary in terms of its format. I think it kind of works for it, but uh, it's not a perfect execution system. Um, but I also think that you get some fine performances out of each of these guys. And Tobey Maguire's so melded in my mind as Spider-Man that I just, anytime I get to watch him outside of those auspices, I'm just always eternally impressed by him. Uh, I think this is my favorite non-Spider-Man film he's been in because I love his performance in it. He's, he's got a lot of energy and vigor in it. And as the trailer uh, alluded to, he is blind in one eye. Um, so he's got a challenge ahead of him and he faces it. Um, I think it's also an understated Jeff Bridges outing because um, he's he's not he's he's top labeled, but he's not really he, he I don't think people would talk about him to him uh, above, say, Tobey Maguire being in this movie or Chris Cooper. So um, but everybody contributes their all and gives it their best. And yeah, it's a solid picture. If you haven't seen Seabiscuit, you should watch it. It's fun. Uh, my number nine is the third part of a film franchise. The life you know, all the stuff you take for granted, it's not gonna last. Imagine a world of permanent darkness where machines control man's destiny. Imagine you were the only one who could stop it. But before you do, Something terrible has to happen. All military systems 
No, 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 uh, no. Hey, remember when AOL had keywords? <laughs> uh, yeah, my number nine is uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I, w- the movie's fun. What I always really liked as a, a story-wise is that Judgment Day was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, even when you think you could stop it, you really can't. Mm-hmm. And it finds another way to happen. Exactly. Uh, so it, it's cool, and I always like seeing Schwarzenegger as a Terminator and it's just a fun action movie. It, it's not as groundbreaking, obviously, as T2, which is one of the greatest action films of all time. Uh, but it still is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's just a Terminator movie, and I, I like it. I remember a time when this was not as beloved, but since the Terminator franchise has gone in topsy-turvy direction since then, it has seemed to find a little bit more love in other people's hearts, which is nice. Um, yeah, it used to be my least favorite, but now it's probably like my third favorite. <laughs> it's PG thirteen, I fourth. believe, right? Because this was the first one of the Terminator yeah, movies I, I ever no, saw. No, I think it's R. Oh, really? I think the first PG thirteen one was the one with Amelia Clark. Oh, oh, like even Salvation was. R? I got another yeah. R rated movie under R-rated the radar from my parents. Too. Nice. <laughs> I feel like the big deal about this one is like it came out as PG thirteen, and people are like, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's probably not. Yeah, gonna... I'm pretty sure it's still rated R. I'm gonna look it up now because I'm trying to. I, I just remember be being able to see this because it was PG-13, but I could be wrong. I might have fooled my parents. Yeah, I feel like by 2003, like, all the studios were like, on the bandwagon of, like, let's just make all of our R properties yeah, PG-13. Really? Yeah. All okay. Ah, right. oh, sweet. I snuck one underneath my parents' radar. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Brad. Uh, my, my number eight is our first repeat. It's The Room. Um, <laughs> the first time I saw this uh, was April Fool's Day... Uh, on Adult Swim, like I was, you know, tuning in for Aqua Teen, and, and Wait, suddenly, like, there's huh? is on Adult Swim. Yeah, so, so mm. I was on April Fools. I think 2003 or 2004. Oh, okay. I'm trying Makes to I'm trying to watch Adult Swim, and there's this movie, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I think about after five minutes, I just changed channels, <laughs> and then you know, years later, I found out that that was the room. 
Um, you, you mean you'd even stay and watch the room? <laughs> <laughs> this is starting right, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they got like boobs. <laughs> I love how the entire cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force is telling Brad he sucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, years later, I, I went to the Esquire and watched it and with a crowd, and it was tons of fun, throwing spoons at the screen and mm-hmm. hearing everybody quote the same stuff. Each time I after that, I went, and it was like the same jokes over and over again, but, you know, like people had a rhythm and uh, to everything, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, the movies you know, alone, it would be like, what, what is this? I don't <laughs> do you have awful. Do you have a joke that you heard that's not, that doesn't pertain to the routine? that you heard that stood out to you in all that time? Um, well, s- since then, I think a lot of the people who show up and do the, like the, the voice, the jokes have gotten more misogynist cause they really take, uh, Lisa to task. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I think it was riff tracks or something like when, uh, time was turns the gun on, gun on himself. Oh yeah. Oh, high gun. Oh, high gun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that, that was a good one. So yeah. I, I try to sneak that in cause most people don't say it at the, at the live thing. So I, I say it. Mm hmm. It is a little dark. But yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Mm. It wasn't on my list for, uh, prior to like a couple weeks ago. And when I reevaluate, cause I did all my lists for all the years, years ago. And I've just been, uh, adjusting them as I go. And so, yeah, two weeks ago I was like reviewing. It's like, do I like Shanghai nights more than the room? <laughs> I haven't seen Shanghai nights in forever. I should probably put the room at number eight. Oh, Oh. I've seen it a bunch. Oh, wow. Zach, number eight. All right. My number eight is a wonderful horror film that is 99.9% perfect. And here it is. podcast needs a heel in this uh, fight between Zach V. Ryan, Dawn of Dumb. Uh, my number eight is Freddy vs. Jason. Um, you just need to learn lo- to like this movie more, Zach. Yeah. Solve all your problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't help it that the best slasher character of all time isn't in the movie, but the second and third false, are fine. False. Second and third are fine. False. Um, so, uh, Erroneous. <laughs> Erroneous on both accounts. <laughs> Where'd you get the word like that? Erroneous. <laughs> It's uh, from, it's from uh, Wedding Crashers. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's egregious. No, he says erroneous. I'm pretty oh. sure. It's been a while since I've watched Wedding Crashers. I'm not going to remember. Um, but, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I really like the film. I, my only real knocks against it and why, uh, and why it's low is um, that these aren't the franchises that I'm the most passionate about. But I really love that they just push these two 
Titans of Terror together and through Caution to the Wind. Um, there are two. Uh, it is erroneous. <laughs> oh, nice. Team Ryan. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there are two jokes in the film that I, uh, or lines in the film that have not aged well. Uh, one's from Kelly Rowland and the other one's from Freddy Krueger. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I, I will say the movie not having the line, place your bets, does suck. It should be in there. I don't care. It, it should be there. I love that it's in the trailer, but I wish it was in the movie. Um, but um, I think this movie also balances a very delicate task of res- – it's one of the reasons why the script's actually pretty solid is it does respect both franchises and their mythologies and doesn't try to push – it doesn't do anything to disrespect the other one. Like one doesn't, de- doesn't favor the other. It's a very even-keeled approach to it. Granted, Freddy only kills one person in the movie, but that's beside the point. Um, uh, I will say, though, that um, one of the things that really benefits this film also is that they got, uh, like, Ronnie Yu, who's got, who did Bride of Chucky before this, I think, for the American audience. He just infused it with a lot of energy, and it just really, really sells um, this basically monster rally. It's like House of Frankenstein, but with slasher characters in a certain sense. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, again, it's, it's a fun time and it's not the best of either franchise, but it's certainly not the worst of either franchise either. And I think it gives any fan of these movies what they would want. So if you haven't seen Freddy versus Jason, or if you've been like, I'm not going to bother with this, like, no, you, you really should. It's a lot of fun. Um, short of those two meeting Abbott and Costello, I don't know how much more better it could have gotten. <laughs> I'll talk about it later. Um, number eight. Finally, The Rock has come back to film explosion. One job, I wipe your slate clean. You walk out of this house a free man. How much? 250 large. No problem. He's come to the other side of the world. Is that duct tape? To finish one last job. I'm looking for a man. His name's Travis Walker. Brown hair, face like a weasel. Do I know you? I'm taking you home, Travis. What's in Los Angeles? Your father. You're not a So angry! Shut up. If only it were that simple. Apparently, he stumbled onto a trinket of some value in my jungle. Yep. I want it back. Whatever my father's paying you, I will double it. No. I'll quadruple it. No. I'll double it and quadruple it. Hell no. I hope you enjoy the fall. Now what fall? Let's go. Heads up. Guys, 
The Rundown. You got the moves. I'll give you that. Ow! Um, number eight for me is The Rundown, um, which is really cool about when you see this has been 20 years ago. And I used to watch The Rock on WWE. Hmm. And his transcending of being... Uh, a wrestler into being an action star. You know, he had that little bit in The Mummy Returns, which spawned to the Scorpion King, which led to the rundown. And uh, it's cool because they, at the beginning, he, the, the Rock is a smart guy and he understood, you know, his place and what he needed to do. And he did action movies like this. And then he did some kid movies. And then he went back to action films. And now he's, I know he's like one of the most bankable stars in the world and he's the highest paid actor in the world. And he, it's a really fun movie. It's like a buddy comedy and Christopher Walken's the bad guy in it. Um, and yeah, it's just a fun movie. I like seeing Sean William Scott get representation on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he's always been reliably funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll need to watch this. I've never seen the rundown before. It's definitely one of the rocks best movies. Nice. Yeah, I just remember it being fun. That's all, yeah. like, all I remember. And he's very svelte in this, watching the trailer. Like, he's not the swole guy we know him today, you know? Yep. The Rundown. Brad, number seven. Uh, My number seven is probably going to become one of Ryan's favorite films because it's French. Julian and Sophie were two mischievous kids. Who invented an outrageous game. Whoever held the tin box would meet the other's dare. The rule was simple. Are you game or not? But as they grew older, the stakes grew higher. The dares became dangerous. Until the gamble was more than just a game. It was an obsession. Better than sex. Better than love. Better than life itself. Paramount Classics and the visionary mind of director Jan Samuel comes France's hit comedy. For better, for worse, for now, and forever. Love me if you dare. Yeah, my number seven is a uh, Love, me, Love Me If You Dare, uh, where these two kids um, have this tin can that they, like, they play a game of tag w- between each other where... They pass it to each other, and in doing so, you have to like complete a dare, and then give it back. Um, and so they just go like for their like next twenty years of their lives, daring each other. Um, you know, they grow apart, and they find ways to fun- come back to each other. And it's a, uh, I just think it's like a really fun, clever movie, and 
it's like creative and when I was watching that trailer, I was thinking of that Brian Robinson thing where it's like, what the fuck is this? What the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> Tim Robinson? Yeah, Tim Robinson thing. Yeah. There's a line in the middle of that trailer where she goes like, it's, a, it's, like, it's something that, that that overwhelms them. And it's and he goes, better than sex. And then we just, yeah, it's, my brain started exploding for a second. I, I picked I, I, Pick the American trailer, obviously, because we're listening to it. But yeah, that it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the French one I listened to it. It's, it's it sounds way better, but it wouldn't play. <laughs> I know that whole scene with the croissants. classic. That, that thirty minute shot just on the Eiffel Tower alone. Um. Yeah. Don't scratch that. Oh, sorry. Uh. Yeah. My number seven. Love me if you dare. Zach. All right. My number seven. Um is the definitive best film of this particular IP. Anybody who says otherwise is fooling themselves and needs to get with the program. Somewhere in the dark underworld, there is a plan. A plan to rule mankind. Now, the world's most elite organization must step forward to search the globe for evil, scour the continents for danger, and what they discover will turn the world upside down. Tunes back in action. A rabbit, a duck, a girl, a boy. You, 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 him, her, them. And the evil head of the Acme Corporation who's determined to take over the world. We must capture this son of a spy. And we must locate the diamond and use its powers for our own diabolical ends. How do you like that, Mr. Slap Yourself on Your Own Face? <laughs> Dynamite! Welcome to my world. Loney Tunes back in action. Now that's funny. Yeah, my number seven is Looney Tunes back in action. Uh, there's a full caveat. This movie is not perfect. I fully understand that as a fully functioning human being. Mm. But... <laughs> Having said that, Space Jam, for all the nostalgia that people wrap around it, is not a Looney Tunes movie. In fact, it disrespects the Looney Tunes on so many levels. Wow. The Looney Tunes back in action, for all of its faults and Henry, its... are you hearing this? <laughs> for all of its faults and its misguided spy plot, treats the Looney Tunes with the respect of honoring that legacy that was built by all those guys at Termite Terrace from the humor on down to the animation and on down to treating these characters the way the characters should be treated. Um, but like I said, it's not perfect. They were trying to follow up Space Jam with a bunch of different ideas. One was Race Jam at one point, which is a title that I'm glad they just steered away from. Um, uh, and then another one was going to be Skate Jam at one point, and then they finally settled upon Spy Jam. Jackie Chan was going to be involved in this movie, and then... I think it's Joe Dante got involved in it, and then suddenly it became more about trying to honor Chuck Jones and then Warner Brothers, um, in a fashion that they've continued to to this day, interfered for no reason, and it resulted in the final film we have. I still think the film is funny. The first third of this film is a great Looney Tunes movie. The last two thirds are 
wonderful moments of a Looney Tunes movie with a kind of meh spy plot or spy comedy attached to it. Um, and Academy Award winner Brendan Fraser in this movie, killing it, uh, acting alongside the Looney Tunes. It's a lot of fun. Uh, for for me, this was a, a fun watch in a theater with the, with the family, uh, and it has stuck with me as a Looney Tunes fan since. Um, and Daffy Duck... Um, uh, is given a characterization of respect and they analyze his character in a way that's pretty interesting, which is like, what is it like being number two to Bugs Bunny all the time? Um, and the guy who played him, Joe Alasky, who's no longer with us is uh, fantastic in the performance. It's, it's one of the best voiceover performances in an animated or live action animation hybrid film I've ever heard. Like he, he really plays that character well in a way that Mel Blanc um, only did better. Hmm. Put your fingers down here. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um. Yeah, this movie's brutal. Tell me how much you love me. How much? That much. That much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to call the cops, I guess. Excuse me! What the hell was that? What? I just saw something. Alright, that's it. If somebody's out there, just come on out! What is that? The hitchhiker. What were they all doing here? My number seven is the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think of all the slasher films, it's the one that's been remade or reimagined the most. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of restarts and reboots. Um, this one follows the original pretty closely um, about a group of kids that pick up a hitchhiker and get stuck at a crazy family's farmhouse where there are cannibals and the big brute of Leatherface terrorizes people. But the scene-stealing person in this is um, Arlie Emery, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brilliant in this film. Yeah, in this movie, it's unrelenting. Uh, 
some people don't like the Platinum Doom stuff, but uh, I like this. I like Friday 2009 as well. And it's just a cool movie. And it's one of those ones that when I saw, I was definitely on the edge of my seat during because it, it the pace is unrelenting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Leatherface is really brooding in it. But like I said, Arlie Emery in it is steals the picture and he's the most despicable person and the scariest person in the whole film. Mm. The film, uh, cause they're called the Hewitt family in the remake, if I recall correctly. Yep. Um, they, they basically more or less reimagined the Sawyers from the original 74 film in a very inventive way. Um, and they, I mean the, the first, the first film and to an, oh, to a large extent, the second film in the original, uh, entries are kind of comedies in areas um, this one just takes it to a straight, lean, mean, like unapologetically dark film. Uh, it 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 has a lot of merit to it, and I think this is what kicks off the remake boon for the slasher films, isn't oh, it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because without this, you don't get Rob Zombie's Halloween or The Spells uh, Friday, and then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street by Samuel Bayer killed it. Yeah, sure I did. think this is also better paced. Like, it. Mm-hmm. I I've only seen the original once, but like I remember. There's a lot of setup and like all the cool stuff happens in like the last ten minutes. Yeah. Mm. Whereas this gets more spread out. So mm. agreed. This uh, I'm surprised though, like because they did a prequel to it too, and I'm surprised that they didn't try to capitalize more off of this uh, this this uh, uh, reimagining of the series beyond the ones uh, a follow up entry. But yeah, they've rebooted this concept so many times at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brad, number six. Yep, my number six is another comic book movie. We got Superman and Batman. And what about you, young man? I'm Harvey Pekar. It doesn't sound like a superhero to me. Oh, forget this. Why does everybody have to be so stupid? Here's me, all grown up and going nowhere. I'm not doing as great as you think. I gotta get out of here. <coughs> My second wife divorced me. I work at that end job as a file clerk. So if you're the kind of person looking for some fantasy figure to save the day, guess what? You got the wrong movie. In the early 60s, I met this shy retiring cat from Philadelphia. Me and my buddy Bob Crump. You should see his comics. I could write comic book stories that are different from anything that's being done. This is great stuff. Can I illustrate them? These are all about you? Yeah. You turn yourself into a comic hero. Ordinary life is pretty complex stuff. What happened to the new American Splendor? I think we sold them. Why does everything in my life have to be such a complicated disaster? I think you and I got a lot in common. I don't really know what to expect. The way Crumb draws you, you love all these wavy, stinky lines. Those are motion lines. I'm an active guy. Hey, are you Joyce? Hey, Harvey. Alex, you might as well know right off the bat I had a vasectomy. I have all these food allergies, self-diagnosed anemic, degenerative illness. Wow, you're a sick woman. Not yet, but I expect to be. I think we should skip the whole courtship thing and just get married. From off the streets of Cleveland, please say hello to Harvey Picar. You're Harvey Picar. You're famous. Son, you done good. You're the embodiment of the American dream. I never felt more like a sellout hack in my life. You do me wrong, but still I'm crazy about you. I'm still a file clerk. I have always been a file clerk. Would you get me some water and a few aspirin? What, you got a headache? No, but I want to avoid one. Stronger than before. I know flowers go from rain. But how can 
you should try believing in something bigger than yourself. It might cheer you up. What do we seem depressed? Yeah, my number six is American Splendor, a movie about the uh, life of Harvey Picar and his comic American Splendor. And uh, I really like the way it blends, uh, like there's comic panels and the way it blends between, uh, I think, Harvey Picar's own dialogue and then Har- Paul Giamatti's performance and then the panels and the animation um, to just tell the story of his life, um, which is sort of mundane, but... Uh, pretty spectacular for a guy who just did indie comics i haven't seen it in so long um it's a fun movie though i've only watched it once but i remember loving that whole blending element and how they're kind of incorporating all aspects of picard's life and whatnot and yeah embracing the multimedia aspect of it yeah good movie brad yeah that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, number six. All right. My number six uh, is the last horror film on my list, but man, uh, it's quite a horror film. And here it is. Howdy, folks. You like blood, violence, and freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered You ain't seen nothing yet. Is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's From director Rob Zombie (laughs) comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. (laughs) House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! Yeah, my number uh, six is uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, Rob Zombie's directorial debut. Um, I'm a Rob Zombie uh, uh, apologist, and, uh, I guess, or I would so say fan. you're sorry. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of his films. Um, not all of them work, but I, I tend to find his style unique and interesting enough to watch each outing. Um, <clears throat> this, But I didn't get into him t- until after it was confirmed that he was making halloween so i didn't see this until 2007 and i was like well i gotta keep i gotta find out who the hell is gonna be taking over the greatest slasher franchise of all time and i was impressed enough to be like all right i'm down and house of a thousand corpses i think the one thing that i like about it as opposed to the follow-up films that happens um because i like devil's rejects it's a, it's a very objectively brilliant follow-up but this one's just a lot more goofy and off the wall and just unapologetically cartoonish mixed in with this 70s like dark slasher toby hooper kind of vibe people go out into the middle of a house in the middle of nowhere and 
like find themselves amongst a bunch of maniacs. Um, and in that respect, I think it's just uh, it, it's it's endlessly more fascinating to reexamine as compared to say Devil's Rejects or uh, Three from Hell. Um, and uh, I will say though, like I I wonder if there's a longer cut of this film because the the one knock I have against it is is that it's so short and it feels like everything's a little bit too sporadic for its own good. But at the end of the day, him coming off of music videos into this, it's an easy smooth transition into what his filmmaking would become. So. Um, and everybody's giving top notch performances in here from Sid Haig on down to Rain Wilson. Like everybody hits their marks exactly as they're supposed to in a horror movie. And yeah, Bill, Bill Mosley is a terrifying beast in the film. Um, there, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting creation from a guy who's gone on to be one of the most divisive figures in horror history. It's my phone. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, that's my number six. How's a thousand corpses? Um, uh, this is where I get back Zach. easy did you you know for a second there yeah i kind of did uh my number six and brad number five yep is kill bill volume one tag team review baby hell yeah um a really fun film and now as i want to say that i've matured as a film goer or lover or mother lover um, I, I, I get the references in the movies more and I see the homages that Tarantino is playing throughout the film. Um, do I need to explain the plot? Has everybody seen Kill Bill, right? Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a harrowing drama set amid World War II, right? Correct. Yes. That's um, right. It's a revenge film. <laughs> yeah. It's literally this woman is attacked on her wedding day and she goes back and seeks revenge against her former lover um bill and it follows her exploits in the first volume and the first volume is more of an action film than the second one Mm -hmm. and but let's be honest it's supposed to be one complete film uh but miramax executives were like audiences can't handle a 
three and a half hour, you know, because the half two action. people who head that studio are fucking cowards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's let's split it up. Let's 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 get let's charge admission twice for this movie. <laughs> right. But the cool thing is, is like seeing the shots in the trailer. You know, you realize how cool of a movie it is, and um, the dialogue is really cool in it. I mean, Quentin Tarantino makes cool movies, so uh, he, they, what? They, they usually end up on my list of film explosions. And yet you still haven't seen The Hateful Eight. Don't understand you. Nope, have not. I gave you a Blu-ray. Know, it, how many years ago? It, it's, it's sitting on my shelf. Yeah. And I will one day. Yeah. I'll watch The Eagle and the Hawk when you watch The Hateful Eight. <laughs> uh, the Eagle and the Hawk is like 71 minutes. The Hateful Eight is a... I'll have to sit down and... I gave you more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's so well known now. Um, it's a really cool movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember the build up to it. Like, oh, I was yeah. so excited to watch it. And there's that, you know, you get to the action scene. You're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. And then it switches to black and white, like right before the fight. And you're just like, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was kind of bummed out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not gonna see like in color blood and everything. Yeah, and, I'm gonna see um, geysers of blood. But uh, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, it's your artistic choice, and it, it avoided the uh, probably NC17 rating you're, <laughs> you're gonna get for it. Oh, so, yeah. um, but like I said. Uh, release one and two as the original complete whole bloody affair and I will buy it. Yeah. I don't know why they're not doing it because they're releasing all the other Tarantino f- films on 4K and it seems like it's about time. might be a matter also of who may have any holdings on the rights. See the dogma situation for more details. Lame. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Um, Zach, number five. Alright, well, Ryan swept me. And so yeah. did Brad, technically. So I'm going to get revenge by showing Ryan another French trailer. Fuck. <laughs> What's French for fuck? Fuck. <laughs> Le fuck. Le fuck.
So yeah, my, my number five is the triplets of Belleville. Um, I think that this is like a good example of the benefit of the animated feature category being introduced to the Oscars, because if if it's done correctly and Disney isn't buying those awards like it generally does, uh, it allows uh, other countries to get some kind of an entry in there, and this was one of them, and that's how I found out about it. And at first, I thought I was about uh, I was in for a rip roaring animated film about a bunch of triplets um, who are in their elderly years. In fact, it's much different. Um, they are an important part of the film and saving the day, but the real story is about a grandmother whose son or grandson, I guess, is uh, a cyclist. Uh, he's riding in like a Tour de France-esque race, and he gets kidnapped by gangsters um, who collect other bicyclists and force them to participate in basically like simulated races uh, for gambling purposes. And so the grandmother goes to uh, save her son, and along the way she meets the triplets to Belleville. Um, it's been a while since I've watched the film, and I owe it a rewatch because this film's relevance has come back into my life because of the Jacques Tati series I'm doing with Sterling Cook. Um, and I can now, everything about the film that I didn't fully get when watching it around this time in 2003, I now understand why it's funny because of having experienced Jacques Tati a little bit more. Sylvian Chamay is very uh, into Tati, and it's evident in each frame of the film. Um, and I think that it's just beautifully animated. Um, it's very odd. It's very angular, and it's got a very definitive style about it. It's just it's a wonder to watch. So if you've never seen The Triplets of Belleville, I truly recommend it. It's a very unique little experience, and it's not dialogue-driven. So, like, you're not really reading subtitles in this film. Like, it's very as close to a silent affair as you could possibly get. Yeah. Uh, from the artsy-fartsy animation, I'm going to go for the big film of the year. Stop! I got something to tell ya! Mine. Don't make any sudden moves. Hop inside my mouth if you want to live. Hold on, hold on, wait to cross. 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by water. How's it going, Bob? That's a big place to find one fish. Has anybody seen my son? Your son, Chico? No, it's Nemo. We're looking for Nemo. <laughs> Name's Crush. I gotta find my son, Nemo. Grab shell, dude. Grab one. To find Nemo. Let's ask for directions. No! What is it with men and asking for directions? We'll take a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I saw him. But I'm not telling you where he went. Alright! Getting him back is a whole other story. <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film. We're gonna help him escape. Nemo! Don't give up! Your dad's been fighting the entire ocean looking for you. I'm coming, Nemo! I never knew, my father! Come on, great hug. On May 30th. Oh, my stomach. No hurling on the shell, dude, okay? Just waxed it. You've got to see it. Charge! To believe it. <laughs>
Nice. Finding Nemo. Everybody hold on! Um... My number five and Brad's number four is Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's a really cute movie. Uh, I don't think again the, these last couple movies I've picked, everyone's seen. You know, it's about a little fish that gets lost, and his dad and the forgetful fish Dory go looking for him. And it's about their adventures through the sea. Beautifully animated, a really cute movie. Um, I remember when this came out. It, was such a big deal and it was so popular uh i mean obviously they made a sequel but um it's one of those films that has transcended the uh, animation genre did this really didn't this research degenerate a whole ton like oh yeah big contributing factor i i I will say though i love albert brooks in the film oh yeah he's great he's amazing Mm. it's uh it it lent it too because you get someone like albert brooks and ellen degeneres that other studios were starting to cast actors and voiceover roles. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work, but uh, in this instance, they all work. You, mm-hmm. know, you mentioned Willem Dafoe while the trailer's playing. He's great in the movie. <laughs> um, Shark bait. It, even this movie's 20 years old. It still looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, Kellen watches it all the time. And so it's just, it's just a fun movie. It's a cute movie. Um, it's one we revisit a lot. And one of the cool things about having, a little guy is I get to revisit these films a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it was back in a time when Pixar didn't have expectations. That's true. Too. Um, yeah. You, you, you just be like, you would enjoy monsters Inc or toy story, but you, you know, at least I wasn't looking forward to be like, Oh, what's Pixar going to bring us next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just be like, Oh, point. they're making finding Nemo. And then you get around to seeing it and you'd be like, wow, this is one of the best movies of the year. <laughs> yeah. Outside of toy story Two, each of their new ideas seem like a big gamble. Like uh toys come to life, uh bugs, but it's their lives, uh mm-hmm. monsters in a closet, uh, uh fish trying to find another fish. Like it all sounds like random ideas out of a hat. What if cars work. were alive? Yeah. What, what if, if cars were alive? What's a rat's life like? <laughs> 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 yeah and it's it, but you're right and it's even today i you know elemental came out this year and it didn't get the fanfare that pixar films usually get but it had these this incredible long legs mm. and people went saw and it's a beautiful film too um and, and they still amaze me when you go and see them even like uh, kellen and i love the good dinosaur and it's not one of their most popular films but again you their artistry is stunning Mm. and, and it's really showcased really well in finding Nemo where toy story and toy story two and monsters Inc and bugs life, they all look great, but I felt finding Nemo kind of upped it even more. Um, I think it's, I think they found the, the roundedness of their heart. Like it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, like one of the most ultimate expressions of their emotional qualities as a company. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Zach number four. All right. Well, we're going from uh, a lighthearted rated G to a very depressing R rating, and here it is. Hey, Divine. What you looking at? The old neighborhood. There are places that make us who we are. Save! I used to play on the street when I was a kid. Really? Moments that give us hope. Do not make her laugh. 
Where have you been? Feelings that make us question our beliefs. Fears that trigger our darkest emotions. It's my daughter's car. He sent my daughter in there! He sent my daughter in there! Oh, God! For a couple seconds on Saturday, she looked at me like she was prepared to never see me again. You don't think I'd hurt her, do you? She isn't hurt, Brendan. She's dead. I loved her so much. I know in my soul I contributed to your death, but I don't know how. I'm gonna find him before the police do. I'm gonna find a man and I'm gonna kill him. You know what I was thinking about? Vampires. Maybe one day you wake up and you forget what it's like to be human. Maybe then it's okay. You're not making any sense. Sometimes I think all of this is just a dream, you know? How about you tell us what really happened Saturday night, Mr. Boyle? And why is your wife acting like she's afraid of you, huh? Everyone is weak. Everyone but us. You could rule this town. Bury us in here. Run! Run! Dave, run! Run! We washed them clean. Uh, yeah, my number four is Mystic River by Clint Eastwood. That is quite the whiplash. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was just like, there's no there's no way to, to comically introduce <laughs> no. this movie. <laughs> it's a quite the heavy movie. It's a it's a really good film though. It is, yeah. Um I I didn't see this until like I did not see this in the theater by any stretch. Um I got around to it around the same time that I found myself discovering Million Dollar Baby and Unforgiven and other Clint Eastwood films. And part of it was because in my high school film, uh, video production class, my teacher had the poster for this film up on the wall. When I finally watched the film, I kept wondering why is the poster for this film up on the wall? Um, apart from the fact that it's a very good movie, it just seems like a very dark movie to have in a, uh, a poster for in the classroom. Um, but um, but yeah, it is. A, I think it is a good example of never underestimating how great a director Clint Eastwood is in spite of his recent output being not so stellar. Um, this is like a, a truly fantastic noir piece uh, set, uh, set amid uh, this very tragic childhood and what happens all those years later and how those early traumas affected these gentlemen's lives in different ways and how it all centers around a, a crime all too similar or adjacent. Um, every performer in this is remarkable. Uh, I'm not even the world's biggest Sean Penn fan, and I will like I will up and down declare like no, this is one of the best performances of 2003. Is his performance? Tim Robbins is remarkable in the film. It's like one of the most tragic performances you'll ever see. Kevin Bacon doesn't get as flashy a part as the other two, but he holds his own as a sturdy supporting character with Larry Fishburne. It's an actor's movie in a lot of respects. Um, and I just think it's kind of masterful to watch. 
I like when Eastwood isn't in his own movies because I get to watch him uninhibited as a visual artist. And I think this is a, one of the best examples of how good he can be um, in, in so many ways. So if you've never seen Mystic River, trigger warnings up in advance. It is a very dark movie. But if and if you within your comfort zone, if you can watch it, you will be treated to a very, very mas- uh, fine masterclass of a drama. If East- Eastwood was in the movie, which role would you cast him in? The river. I don't know. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is the river. Oh, now I'm floating. Now I'm swaying in the wind. Uh, my number four is a comic book movie. Doesn't it ever wake you in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they will pass that foolish law. And come for you and your children. Take you all away. Does indeed. I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that school looking for trouble. Four is X2 X-Men United, which is a horrible name, but <laughs> the film is really awesome. And when I watch the trailer, I forget about, you know, the prestigious actors that are in it. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, you know, from Halle Berry to Ian McKellen to Patrick Stewart. I mean, Patrick Stewart is just born to play uh, Charles Xavier. Uh it's just a really cool movie, and it ups the ante of the first X-Men film, which I thought was a really good film, too. But this film almost feels like the bridge between Spider-Man being the greatest superhero film of all time mm. to Spider-Man 2 being the greatest superhero film of all time. <laughs> and <laughs> see what I did there. Um, and, uh, Charles always wanted to build just, bridges. It's interesting because... You know, the X-Men films peaked at number two. Number three, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. No, nah, it's fine. But um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, First Class is really great. Um, Days of Future Past is incredible. Um, then it's okay. Apocalypse isn't bad. It, they're fine. Um, I This almost made my list. I put The Room at number 10 because I wanted to have fun remembering The Room. But X2 would have been on this list. It, it is one of the best superhero films ever made. And... I th- I'll no in no sw- short part to Brian Cox as the villain. Yeah, it's just a mm. it's just a fun movie, and there, there's really cool fights in it. You learn more about Logan, and 
anytime Magneto and Professor X have a battle of wits, uh, I'll, I'll I'd watch an hour and a half of them just talking so. and playing chess. They have to yes. do both of those. I I will say this is one of those first movies where I learned about dark humor because I had seen the first X Men movie in the theater. My dad took me to see this, and there was this. It's the scene where Mystique and uh, uh, Magneto are in the ship with them, and they're looking at Rogue, and they're giggling and. And he just goes, "We love what you've done with your hand," <laughs> and I was, and I, I felt bad laughing about it at that point. And now that I'm older, I'm just like, "That is, that is, that is funny." <laughs> yeah. So fun stuff. X Men United. Brad, number three. Uh, let's sail some seven seas. You don't know what this is, do you? Aztec gold. The heathen gods placed upon the gold a terrible curse. Ten years we've searched. Every last piece we have found, save for this. Hello, Bobby. They've taken Elizabeth. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. We must save her. Where do we start? Jack Sparrow. He talked about the Black Pearl. Make a deal with him. He can lead us to it. You forget your place. You are a blacksmith. If you spring me from this cell, I shall take you to the Black Pearl and your bonnie lass. You're a pirate. Forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Not sure I deserve that. You're not facing normal pirates. Cruel, demented, vicious pirates, to be certain. Say goodbye! Good boy. Bust. Cruel, demented, vicious pirates who cannot be killed. The moonlight shows us for what we really are. That's interesting. We are cursed, man. I hardly believe in ghost stories anymore. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Jets, you all remember Captain Jack Sparrow. Kill him. You like pain? Try wearing a corset. Here they come. of the Caribbean, the curse of the Black Pearl. I may have deserved that. Yeah, uh, my number three is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, Seven. Uh, yeah, this was uh, a surprise, I'd say, when it first came out of how uh, entertaining it was. Not a lot of pirate films going on at that time. Um, and then, yeah, this is a blew everything out of the water, <laughs> um, introduced the now classic character, Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, <laughs> and went on to overuse him. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, in this movie, he's a side character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about Will Turner and his journey. Um, and then, yeah, they just really, they really ran that character in the ground with four more movies. It's probably among the, like, top ten Disney films of all time, animation or live action period. It's so solidly made. And uh, I, one of the coolest things I thought was uh, 
like adding a supernatural element to the pirate movie of you know all these cursed pirates that um you know there's their skeletons are exposed in the moonlight like i thought that was just a kind of a nice awesome cool modern twist on it mm-hmm. um so yeah tons of fun uh just a blast yeah hell yeah zach number three uh my number three is a repeat it's kill bill volume one um, or as I call it, the first half of Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair, because Miramax are a bunch of fucking cowards. Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing the trailer for this in a theater, uh, in 2003, and I was doing karate at that time as a kid, and I remember asking my mom if we could watch it, and I did not get a definitive answer. I didn't end up watching the film until 2005, um, around the time that Kill Bill Volume 2 ended up coming out on DVD. Um, or somewhere around that line. It might have been the year after that. But um, this first volume is not my favorite part of Kill Bill, but, man, it is a slick, solid action film that does not stop. Uh, I rewatched it for the, it in part two for the first time in years um, uh, earlier in February with, with my girlfriend, and she had never seen it before, and she was pretty much hooked immediately and it's no secret why like Uma Thurman Daryl Hannah Lucy Liu everybody's just kicking ass in this film it's no nonsense we're getting right down to it this is a revenge story and it's just so efficiently and solidly told and Tarantino's dialogue helps add to that flourish and you can watch him become a much more visual director out of this because his first three films are very dialogue based and there's a lot of talking at a diner scene and whatnot. And this one is he's up in the ante on his visual acumen and he's, he's delivering brilliantly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a near perfect film. Like it's the only problem is it's, it's split up into two movies when it doesn't need to be again, Miramax, you're a bunch of fucking cowards. Um, so anyway, yeah, my number three kill bill volume. I do like revisiting Tarantino films because I think you appreciate them a lot. Mm Mm-hmm rewatch him um and he, he is definitely one of the better filmmakers the spoiler for volume two when bill does the superman uh speech where he's like i'm keen on comic books and whatnot that speech has evolved and grown for me over the years because of the way he's di- dissecting their relationship like it's just a really solid Maybe like heavy handed, but very, very entertaining piece of dialogue that just works better over time, especially in a world with so many comic book movies and so many Superman iterations these days. Um, it's it's just solid. Yeah. And it also has a really good silly rabbit trickster for kids joke in the movie <laughs> out of nowhere, which is really nice. <laughs> that movie came out. There was only four Superman movies. Wow. Yeah. Look where we are now. Uh, my number three is a repeat. It is Freddy versus Jason. It's my number two. Oh my god! <laughs> Another tag team. Hell yeah! Um, this was a huge event for me because I love Jason, and I mean I know Brad and I saw it in theaters. I remember we put it when the DVD came out. We watched it when we were working at Game Crazy, uh, <laughs> when Game Crazy was open. Maybe not the most appropriate things. I can't believe we're still not around at Game Crazy. Um, but it's, it's always cool to me because I love Jason and I always it's one of those moments where on screen you wanted to see these two monsters fight mm. and teased all the way back in 1994. Yeah, with Jason yeah. Goes to Hell. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's fun. Like, it's a really fun movie. 
and I, I forgive all the exposition in it because I get why they have to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when it, where it delivers is at the end where you're getting a fight in the dream world, then you get a fight in the real world, and then there is no real clear winner. Um, it's a draw. Yeah. It, it's it's fun, and there's it's tons of gore and practical effects, um, even when they mix in the CGI. But the last fight is over the top and really fun. <laughs> I know. Like, where where did Freddy Krueger le- learn Kung Fu all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, he's a I'll dream master of his own. But he's in the real world at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I... He's like some janitor pedophile who <laughs> it, it, <laughs> took karate lessons, I guess, at one point. That's true. And in the first film, when he gets into the real world and Nancy pulls him in, he is kind of stumbling and bumbling around in a basement and getting set on fire. So, yeah. A yeah, little bit of a logic gap. Tiny. You know, I, my only pushback from it, and again, I, I love this movie, is I think actually Ronnie Yu kind of hurts the film. Mm. Um, I think his slow motion and like smear stuff really uh, takes away from it. Um, also... Uh, Jason is fine in it, but I really wanted to see Kane hotter. I, yeah. I wanted to see like the aggressiveness. He earned it. <laughs> that's, oh, a, yeah. that's that's New Line fucking up. That's yeah, their fault. Uh, the the aggressiveness, and I mean, but Ronnie, you wanted a really big, hulking, slow moving Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the guy who did eventually did do it is great. I, yeah, 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 no, yeah, he's he's fine. Yeah. The, I, I just wanted to see the more aggressiveness that Kane hotter brought to it. I didn't think about the slow motion, but you're right. I think I'm more thinking of like how fast paced that finale is, oh, yeah, like, with no. the exception of the slow mo. Like he's he's moving it at a clip. He's not stopping. Yeah, and he's fun. Like I, I love the commentary on the the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a fun movie, and I, I think a lot of times we forget when we watch films just to have fun. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those movies that when I sat down and watched it, I wasn't disappointed. Hey, Ryan, really quickly, because you and I have talked about this before. Can we talk about how you shouldn't worry if somebody is playing around with some kind of imagery and thinking and it's messing with mythology? Because everybody seems to think that they made Jason afraid of water in this movie, and I don't think that's what happened. No, I think that's a really big misconception. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually dealing with the trauma of dying by drowning. Yeah. It's not necessarily that he's afraid of the water. Yeah. So you're saying that fanboys who get angry should maybe just sit down yeah. and be quiet. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, exactly. Always enjoy the ride. Have fun. Fun is fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a good story move to make Jason this, this manipulated puppet for yeah. Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, because you're right. Because there's even, you know, the great moment where. Um, Freddie realizes he isn't doesn't have his powers back yet, and Robert England looks right at the camera and says, "Still not strong yeah, enough." I'll let Jason have a little more fun, mm-hmm. and then when he gets pissed off because he wants to kill that one girl, and Jason beats him to it, mm-hmm. is that's the catalyst for him like wanting to fight Jason is brilliant. I I will say like I know that exposition is a little heavy, but it gives England choice acting moments oh, up yeah. at the top to just ham it up. Um, uh, it's it's solid. Also, like just remember the Freebird character, the Jason musical. <laughs> if you've seen, I think it's Never Sleep Again when they're interviewing uh, people from the cast of Freddy vs. Jason. At one point, they brought in Jason Muse and said, "You know, it was an honor to play Freebird." Wait a minute, I didn't play fucking Freebird. <laughs> and then just walks out. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun movie. The goalie was pissed off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the DVD. I wish New Line still made platinum versions of their stuff well well talk to warner brothers you can get angry at them again for another thing yeah because that's their fault (laughs) (laughs) parent company parent problems uh zach number two all right my number two 
It's from a guy who doesn't really get talked a lot about by me on these film explosions. Um, his name is Timothy Burton. Anybody heard this name before? No? Okay. Well, here's one of his <laughs> low-budget indie films. In telling the story of my father's life, it's impossible to separate fact from the fiction, the man from the myth. The best I can do is to tell it the way he told me. If there was one thing you can say about it, boom, boom. Was that I was intended for larger things. I was the biggest thing Ashton had ever seen. From the imagination of director Tim Burton. Most men, they'll tell you stories straight through. It won't be complicated, but it won't be interesting either. Did you ever think that maybe you're not too big? But maybe this town is just too small? They say when you meet the love of your life, time stops. And that's true. Your mother was never supposed to marry me. She was engaged to somebody else. Forget it, kid. Don't waste your time. She's out of your league. You don't even know me. Sure I do. You were hot stuff back in Hitville. But here in the real world, you got squat. Now, I may not have much, but I have more determination than any man you're ever likely to meet. Sandra Templeton, I love you and I will marry you! I was drying out. <laughs> Dad, I have no idea who you are. What do you want, Will? Who do you want me to be? Just yourself. Just show me who you are for once. Discover an adventure as big as life itself. In telling the story of my father's life, Bravo Company, go! Doesn't always make sense, but that's what kind of story this is. Um, so yeah, um, my number two is big fish. Um, I, uh, I don't know if I'd fully gotten into Tim Burton per se. All I know is we've, I found, I used to read the newspaper with the movie section and it said, there's an advanced screening of big fish. And I was like, advanced screening, dad, let's go. So my dad took me to a movie about a dad recounting his life story and then dying at the end. So I was an emotional wreck at the end of the movie. Um, but I really enjoyed it immensely. I compulsively rewatched this a bunch throughout my middle school and high school years. Um, and I, I still have a copy on hand if I want a good cry. I think it's an example of Burton managing in the best possible way he ever will be able to his quirky side with a grounded emotional, like realistic side in a way that where the two complement each other and the blurring of a quirky, erratic sense of humor works for the emotion of the piece. Uh, it's uh, I've heard people say that there's a balance of, of, of there's a balance issue with this, and I completely disagree. Um, and it's just it's a I find it to be a very moving film for uh, on a multiple amount of levels, not just from like you know loving your father, but also just the idea of imagination, the idea of storytelling. Like it's it's got a couple different angles about it that just 
speak to me as a person. Um, so it's a it's a film that uh, I I think about often, even if I don't rewatch it at the same rate I used to, because it'll it's something that will make me cry in an in an instant. Um, at the same time, it is also very fun to imitate Albert Finney in this movie because he is just kind of like, William, come on over here to your father. Like it, it is like the overdrawn drawl Southern accent. Um, and there's like, I hit a rock and you're going to hit a famous character actor in this film, whether it's Danny DeVito or fucking Steve Buscemi. Like there's always somebody roaming around this movie. Um, so yeah, my number two, Big Fish. Is that the last time Tim Burton's made like a dramatic, serious film? No, Big Eyes. Oh, okay. From uh, but that's yeah, then that, that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, because everything else has been adaptations of like existing properties or or Corpse Bride or Frank and Weenie or yeah stuff like that, which I guess was also an existing property. Yeah, I think this was the kind of the last. He only did Big Eyes, if I recall, because he was basically doing a favor for uh, Alexander and Karaszewski, the writers. So. Hmm. Uh, my number two is also a repeat. It's Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, and. I love movies that come out of nowhere where you don't expect them to be really great. And I'm a huge Disney guy. Um, so when I saw the film and then I saw that they incorporated the actual ride elements into the film, um, mm. you know, it's the skeleton steering the ship and yeah. they, they thought, you know what, let's make this about skeletons and zombies. And, I thought it was great. And you mentioned it earlier, Brad. Yeah. Jack Sparrow as a supporting character is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the other films do overexpose him. And I think it actually hurts him and diminished returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Uh, I, I mentioned this on Freddy versus Jason, but I love when movies are just fun mm-hmm. and you can go and just enjoy a film and sit back and relax. You know, I, I, I'll never forget during COVID and theaters were opening and it was nothing but dramas after dramas after dramas. I started to get, like, depressed. Like, can we just see a movie where it's just funny mm-hmm. or fun, some adventure stuff? So um, a- another film that is about two and a half hours long but flies by because mm-hmm. there's always something going on. It's really well shot. It's incredibly acted well. It's cr- It's scary at times, too. Yeah, exactly. It's... Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's a good gateway horror film for someone like my kid and ah. stuff. Um, and we have enjoyed it. So, yeah, my number two is Pirates of the Caribbean and Curse of the Black Pearl. And aside from, like, sporadic entries, it really is kind of like uh, a, a successor to the Errol Flynn kind of for sure. uh, swashbuckler film. Because Cutthroat Island doesn't count. I'm sorry, James. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brad, we made it to your number one. All right, you two are stupid. Obviously, the number one movie is X2, X-Men United. <laughs> oh, fuck. Which has sure. already been talked about. Thank you. Uh, should I call you Logan Weapon X? No, call me Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Ryan. This is a perfect opportunity as Brad is running you to yell, you should have swept me when you had the chance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, at one point, this was the pinnacle of superhero movies. Uh, no, I mean, the pinnacle was a year before in Spider-Man. but Right, and then this took over, and, and so it was the Spider-Man greatest. Spider-Man 2. <laughs> and year. then the Dark Knight obliterated them all. We get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, I didn't grow up with Marvel Comics, comics so I, you know, I don't. my reference was the movies. And in 2000, uh, X-Men surprised me, and mm-hmm. we used to like fight as Wolverine versus Wolverine on stage <laughs> <laughs> uh, with my friends during lunch hour. Um, and then 
you know, I the movie was over. I never thought about a sequel. And then, uh, yeah, three years later, the sequel came out, and it got so much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I love the you know the tortured backstory of Wolverine, and uh, you know he's fighting the Striker guy, and has to go and like uh, fight his past. And even better was you know all I focused on with the movie was the X Men trying to stop Striker. And then they have to team up with their adversaries from the previous movie. Like, that's crazy. But even better was that after you thought the movie was resolved, Magneto comes in and turns the tables and against them and yeah. uses uh, Cerebro against them. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, that was such a great twist of, like, oh, the real villain. Fucking Magneto. Yeah, friggin' Magneto. That's why um, he's one of the greatest comic book villains of all time. He's not their mm-hmm. friends at all. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but he will still play chess with them because remember they are old friends. Yeah, um, and yeah, we lost Rogue in that or not uh, the Jean no, Grey, right? No, we lost yeah. Jean Grey. Yeah, and the so f- at that point you're like, oh, I can't wait for X three to find out what happens, and then X three happened, <laughs> and it was not satisfying. That has my favorite. X three does have one of my favorite lines by Magneto ever. It's after Charles Xavier has died. Basically by Magneto goading on Jean Grey. And then he's like going out to San Francisco and he lifts up the bridge and he goes, Charles always wanted to build bridges. <laughs> and he just drops it down for the Wrecker Island. Yeah. Just like, oh yeah, like I'm going to just insult my friend here who I've pretty much killed. <laughs> yeah, cool, almost cliffhanger ending. And then, yeah, it's, yeah, kind of mm-hmm. goes nowhere. And um, again, Brian Cox is striker, man. Ah, oh, he's just so fucking slimy it's villainy goodness yep yep uh zach number one my number one is the end of a journey which in spite of the jokes that certain clerks would make three years later is worth my time and my adoration and my devotion and here the eye of the enemy is moving come to the throne of Gondor. It is time. Give him the sword of the king. Become who you were born to be. The precious sleepy eyes. He means to murder us! I'm not sending him away. Come to me. The order set. The pieces are moving. He is here. But it is not this day. 
Whatever happens, stay with me. Mystic, we fight! All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. We shall see the Shire again. You gave away your life's grace. I cannot protect you anymore. You cannot achieve victory through strength of arms. Not for ourselves. But we can give Frodo a chance. Uh, yeah, my number one is the logical choice, which is Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Mine too. Yeah, right on, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, why don't you talk about it? Why do you like this? Um, it's more of, uh, I, I actually think The Two Towers is the better movie. Right. But I think this isn't a culmination of an incredible feat in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you're invested in the characters. The film is very well made. The mm. acting is incredible. Um, it's just a, a film. I remember sitting in the theater and just being engulfed and in in the world. Mm-hmm. And I love when I revisit it uh, every couple years, uh, the whole trilogy, because it just reminds me of how much I love these films. Mm. And I'm not even really a big um, fantasy person, but I well, think outside of Harry some, Potter, I guess. Yeah, but you have some like Peter Jackson take stuff he obviously loves and respects mm-hmm. and doesn't look down on it and he doesn't change it. He just lets the story be itself. Mm-hmm. I think it does wonders. I think it's a, it's a wonderful ending to one of the best trilogies ever. I agree. It's a, and I, I look at it in terms of how you uh, look at Sam Raimi with Spider-Man. It's a director that you admire for other films doing something that is completely off the like a complete like unexpected but mm. he shows great devotion to it like this was my introduction to jackson was this trilogy but since then it's like oh the guy who did heavenly creatures a movie that i in a lot of ways probably love more than lord of the rings to some extent does something like lord of the rings and makes it even greater yeah like this got me into lord of the rings by the time this third film came out like the leading up to it i finally read the books and i i being in seventh grade, I don't know if I understood every single thing happening, um, but uh, I just loved getting lost in that world at a certain point. Um, I, 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 each of these films makes me cry. This film like is like a bucket full of tears because of like, well, one, it's it's got a very long ending, um, but there's a lot of like high point emotional moments that just like make you well up because he has earned every single moment. Mm-hmm in those films to allow that emotion to flow. Um, and, and at the same time of balancing all of the established characters that we've grown to love, he introduces new and even more complex characters like Denethor, like that, that whole idea of Denethor and his grieving over the loss of Boromir and then eventually slightly Faramir, uh, is, is, is a striking performance by John Noble. Like it's very, very, it's almost like a hammer horror kind of performance it's operatic i i push back too on people that say the ending is too long i think it's actually earned all the endings it has mm-hmm. and i think you'd feel cheated if you didn't see how every character 
ends I wonder this if, journey. I wonder if that comment's made because of the way it kind of moves in, moves to each next scene sure. in it, because it kind of does feel like the next chapter. But I get, I agree with you. Like, I've er- he has earned the opportunity to go to the Grey Havens. Mm-hmm. He has earned the opportunity to end it, like, to have them all jumping on the bed with each other. And, like, the only way he probably would have, like justified anybody who made that comment is if he put the scouring of the Shire in there and had mm. Saruman and uh, Wormtongue running around in there. And that's just not going to work for the movies he made. Yeah. Um, and uh, also the, I think, I don't, I don't know if it has the best act. I think two towers has one of the best action sequences of all time with mm-hmm. Helm's deep, but the battle of Minas Tirith holds its own. Oh, yeah. It's got great stuff in it. And I, I still love how it keeps culminating with, Gimli and Legolas fighting over numbers on this yep. and it does have the great line that anybody can quote off of a meme going like a gonna die side by side with a with an elf what about side by side with a friend jerk <laughs> you racist like yeah, it's just yeah it's just well made film mm-hmm. it's definitely the best film of 2003 yeah and sadly like two people in this uh cast didn't get the nominations i thought they deserved uh John, uh, Sean Astin and Andy Serkis. The Andy Serkis thing is a debate that anybody can have all over the world. I don't care. Like he deserved Oscar nominations for these movies. He definitely wants it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Sean Astin, I thought was incredibly robbed of a nomination for supporting actor. Because if we if we can give Ian McKellen the nomination on the first film, we can give Sean Astin for the third film Great. for having earned that. You know, yeah. like. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I, I adore the Lord of the Rings more than Harry Potter and these days more than Star Wars at times. Um, there's just it's it's a world that no matter what he's done with it, I will follow it no matter how like how much less I might like the Hobbit movies. I will still actively live in the world because these three films that we've not talked about over three years earn that trust for me. I mean, I'd be going on an adventure with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm looking for someone to share an adventure with later. <laughs> I, I did get an email. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Carol sends her regards, and she says, Hello, real nerds. Well, this... Would you look at me not sending this at the very last minute? <laughs> I can attest she sent this to me a few days ago. I started working on this film explosion list right after the last one, and it's been fun taking our time to rewatch movies that we haven't seen in 20 years. I must say this has been the most fun film explosion list I've ever made. There's definitely something better about not waiting until the last minute and having the pressure on. <laughs> of course, the downside for you guys is that it also means that I have had more time to write. So here we go. Number 10, Paycheck. This is an interesting working backwards action movie based on a Philip K. Dick sci-fi story. It stars Ben Affleck, Uma Thurman, Aaron Eckert, and a fun character played by Paul Giamatti. <laughs> there are a few cheesy moments, but the good parts outweigh them. Fun fact... The story was first published two days before I was born. Um, yeah, I do like Payback. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember... Paycheck. Paycheck, sorry. <laughs> Paycheck. I, I haven't seen Payback in a long time either with Mel Gibson. Um, you haven't gone down the pay double bill yet. Yeah, no. uh, but it is a fun movie. Uh, number nine, A Mighty Wind. We recently mm. rewatched this and had so much fun. Mm. It's so clever, awkward, and quirky. This is why we need James back on the show so that he can bring up things like A Mighty Wind. <laughs> They are musically talented, too. I'm sure there's a lot of unscripted and improv, which is how all Christopher Guest movies feel. Genius comedy. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, The Italian Job. It's always mm-hmm. interesting to find yourself rooting for the thieves. And yet, this is one 
this one is it is clear who the bad guy is and who the good guy and who are the good guys. And there is plenty of humor too. We need to watch the 1969 original. Number seven, Big Fish. This is a story of an ordinary man who lives an extraordinary life. Or did he? It is beautiful, told with fun, weird, and touching moments. Albert Finney and Ewan McGregor do a great job. Mm. Terribly creative. Number six, Secondhand Lions. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I always love a movie with old guys being quirky. <laughs> and you can't get much Ditto, better Carol. Ditto. than these two old guys, Michael Caine and Robert Duvall. Love the fun... Love the fun way Michael Caine's character tells his brother's story. All the hard-to-believe action scenes. <laughs> There's also a bit of mystery to this story. Who are they really? What is the true story? Mm-hmm. Ah, see, I do love this next movie, and I I should have put it on my list. Don't dismiss Secondhand Lines, though. It is a cute movie. Yeah. Uh, number five, Open Range. Want to make a great mm-hmm. Western? Write a story about a bad man who thinks he rules the world and two good men who come along to teach him that he's wrong. Throw in a sweet love story and have it starring Robert Duvall having a great year and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. This movie is beautiful. It, I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's a really great movie. Uh, number four, Love Actually. It's crazy how much we love this movie. We watch it every year. It tells several great stories of how humans do relationships, not just couples. There's humor, sweetness, sadness, and some ridiculousness. One thing I would change is the art gallery party scene. It doesn't make any sense until you see the deleted scenes which show the guy who owns the gallery was upset because he was not expecting those Christmas pictures. I love that she's referencing stuff off the DVD. Mm-hmm. I love it, Carol. You know, Carol, we'll ask again. Come on the show. Your son has been absent for so many years at this point. <laughs> yeah, just replace him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the beginning narration at the airport and its bookend at the ending, especially with the Beach Boys. Where would I be without where would I be this out? you without you playing god only knows where i'd be without you yeah Yeah. there there we go number three finding nemo oh my goodness what a wonderful movie experience makes you laugh and cry over and over through the ups and downs dory slash ellen degeneres is such a great character she makes this movie great the hart family story is that we were in florida and it was my 50th birthday what a treat Hmm, i guess i just told you how old i am (laughs) oh well (laughs) Uh, number Quick, two, get a neuralizer. <laughs> flash him. Well, it, that shocks me because you look great, Carol. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king. Number two, Carol. Come <laughs> on. I was the only one in my family who had not read the books. Therefore, I was seeing it fresh with no idea what was about to happen. How this adventure was quest was going to end. There is so much that I love about this saga. It shows us pictures of good versus evil with true bravery, honor, love, Humility, sacrifice, strength of character, and even a bit of humor now and then. All the things that make a great story. The whole trilogy is an amazing accomplishment. We said that. Mm -hmm. Um, And number one is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Mm -hmm. Pearl. We recently watched, and it is still so much fun. The Hart family story behind it also makes it very special to me. That's why it has to be my number one. When the trailer came out, I thought it was going to be all about the zombie pirates. So I wasn't... (laughs) I wasn't excited to see it. Of course, the guys talked me into going, and I absolutely loved it. So many fun action scenes, great humor, great story. Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow is perfect. The music score is an added plus. I love that we've mentioned this, and she agrees with us. 
we have used the pirate quote from the people uh, from the scene with Jack and Will fighting so many times. So often people ask us about our favorite movies. An impossible question. A few years after this movie came out, Rich and I decided that if we were ever in a newlywed game situation and were asked, what's my favorite movie, that it would be Pirates. Nice. Uh, Honorable mention, Cold Mountain. I wish this could be in my top ten, but it's so difficult to watch. Mm. This movie is so well done. Amazing in so many ways. The set is an extremely dark time in U.S. history. The writer also added some unnecessary ugliness with the story of the preacher, as if we needed to see more of how ugly humans can be. Mm-hmm. There are beautiful stories of love, friendship, and bravery, which are the best parts. One of the best lines ever in the movie is from the character Ruby, played by Renee Zellweger. Every piece of this man, every piece of this, is man's bullshit. They call this war a cloud over the land, Mm -hmm. but they made the weather, and then they stand in the rain and say, shit, it's raining. (laughs) Uh, Other movies I'd highly recommend, Elf, Holes, Matchstick Men, Runaway Bride, Radio, Seabiscuit, School of Rock. Well, there you have it. Looking forward to hearing about something good we missed. Time to get to work on 2013. Love and hugs, Carol. School of Rock made none of our lists. That's right. I know, and I just got... I, I, it's a good movie. I got the Amazon because it was supposed to come in a 4K still book. It's oh. just straight Blu-ray. Oh. And then I was like, well, should I send this back? And then I looked at the picture. So the headline says 4K UHD. But when you like enlarge the picture, it just says Blu-ray. But it's a cool still book. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I'm excited to watch it again. There you go. Um, Carol, thank you for sending that in. Um, thank you for everybody who's listened with us on this journey. Um, film Explosion 2013 is coming up sooner than you think, so start thinking about those lists. Um, next week, I don't know what movie we're seeing, Brad, but um, Exorcist, Believer? The There's Creator, something. yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Until then, keep it real. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. Golly gee willikers, that's how it's done!